It'll be intermission. We have indeed started recording. All right, this is exciting. Check one, two, check, check. Love that smell. <laughs> <laughs> and they're off. Exactly. Guinness, stop making those burpy noises. That was a reverse burp. Hello and welcome to another Detours episode of Nerdstocking. I'm Bill, spinning the platters that matter. The platters, in this case, being clips from previous episodes that weren't aired either due to time constraints or because of Chad's incessant belching. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. The funny thing about James Cameron is I also recently watched Avatar. So Avatar is really, it occurred to me after re-watching Aliens and realizing that James Cameron directed it, that he's basically just stolen. It, it's like an aside to yeah. the Alien franchise. And yeah. Avatar is just more. It's that he has the pods. He has Sigourney Weaver. He has the same relationship with the uh, the aliens. They're there for, for mining. Everything about and it. And then the like big power loader fight at the end. Big power loader. Those big robot yeah. exoskeleton Ooh. things. It's all in there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I guess because the alien... You know, uh, extending it with Prometheus and these other things yep. was kind of weak. Yeah. Like Prometheus was a weak. It was a weak. Like, you know, coming back, it was kind of a weak launch or relaunch. Yep. And Avatar wasn't. It was like through the, through the roof. Like oh, it was a, huge. successful. still the number successful. one movie of all time. James Cameron knows how to make a hit. Yeah. In the same way that Aliens was probably the most successful alien of the, of the Alien well, franchise. But I think you and I were talking about this last week is when after you watched Avatar... Uh, you said, I don't know what the, all the fuss was. No, it was a pretty lousy movie. Yeah, whereas it, I was thinking, you know, Alien, uh, as as great a film as it was, and it's a you know, very unique horror film, mm-hmm. it does look a bit aged. Like, it, it hasn't aged as well, I think, as Aliens. Aliens, you could watch it now, and there's nothing about that movie that is disappointing. That yeah. movie is, is like a perfect thrill ride. Mm. Perfect. Uh, it was okay. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I was thinking one of the things I was going to say oh, was that <laughs> Aliens, in my mind, really is the perfect action film. Yeah. There's no not a, there's wasted, not a stumble yeah. in, in it at all. Yeah, and I, you know, in the 80s, the 80s was the best time for action films, and it was one of the great ones amongst them. Yeah. It's the best one uh, no when Schwarz- it didn't need Schwarzenegger, yeah, no or, Schwarzenegger. Uh, or Van Damme. <laughs> or Bloody Stallone. Good disease, and I'm the cure. This is right back to Avatar, because in Avatar, the whole premise of the film is that uh, certain people have a certain disposition in their DNA that can be spliced with alien DNA so they can create these avatars, Interesting. which they take their minds out of them and shoot them into this body of this clone Hulk, so that they can go boink the, the blue right. people. Right. There's always... Uh, they always try. So they can go and what? Boink them. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. That right. That's what you said. That means fuck. <laughs> just relax and let your mind go blank. It shouldn't be hard for you. Any of the subsequent Iron Man redeeming qualities. Gwyneth Paltrow. I really liked Iron Man three. It's great. Yeah, I love. Yeah. Okay, I have a question because you said something about. Um, There's a great review called Ten Point Review about the Iron Man. Ten Point 3. Review. I don't yeah. think I've ever heard was, of that. And they did a great. Do you have review a URL? Of, of Chad, did they? Yeah. What's the What's the URL? It was Iron Man two actually. Was it? I think so. Okay. Uh, I, got it. I, got it. I, I have a question for you because you, you said that this is the golden age. No, it now, can't be. But my what question, I wrote down because I thought about this today. Now that science fiction is so mainstream, oh, you're probably right. do, do any of you guys kind of secretly miss the days when you felt a mild superiority because, Absolutely because not. nobody else knew who Doctor Who was? And I don't were, think it's mainstream. I think they can actually execute these things now. 
in a cost-effective way. I mean, that's why they're doing the movies, yeah. and okay. there yeah. there are no original ideas, so they're going to places that they never thought they'd go before. Exactly, and yeah. you know, for me, the attraction is not the oh, I love this and nobody else does. That doesn't appeal to me because you know, <laughs> when I was a kid, I'd buy comic books, and heaven forbid anybody should see me, so I'd stuff them in my you know inner pocket in my coat. Really? Wow. Absolutely, because you know, at high school, yeah, you were you were you know you, you would get a You're taking your life in your hands. Exactly, yeah. it was wow. not good. Oh, okay. so no, I'm quite happy. With the um, so okay, further to that, so are you saying I'm wrong, it's Adamant Three. Oh my god, okay, so further uh, to that, do you do you <laughs> think that this is really this really is a great time to be a nerd, or is it just a good time to be like a super genius, no, wealthy? It's nerd? a great time no. because we we are the we are the generation now that is being catered to in everything, yeah, whether like whether you're watching a Marvel movie or you're watching a Adam Sandler movie. It's still directed Do people totally watch to Adam us. Sandler movies? Yeah, he's done some good movies. You know, not, not recently, you know, but uh, the yeah, one he did with Drew Barrymore was Back cute. That was yeah, Happy that Gilmore was, was amazing. That, yeah. the, the one thing, one the African. But his films were the first ones that were catering to us with the music and and then Family Guy. Called. You guys, sure, Seth, Seth MacFarlane, really like, every joke he makes think, is catering yeah, to us. No, that's a stretch. No, no. What was the the wedding singer? Old the wedding singer wedding was singer. definitely a throwback but, to those of us that survived. But what you agree, was before Seth MacFarlane, sure. the whole success of Family well, Guy is John Hughes pandering to us. Every joke is about something that happened in the eighties and the nineties. Who's the the Breakfast Club movies and that was he keeps doing sixteen candles references. Every reference on Family Guy. Kids won't get. I do, but the kids won't get because Seth MacFarlane does all his jokes are geared He's at a people. Huge it's probably a good thing because that show's pretty raunchy. Well, it's kind of jumped the shark now, so yeah. we won't well, talk. I am. I couldn't be more thrilled that now is the time that uh, it is cool to talk about superheroes and Star Wars and public. Mm. And dare I say it, <laughs> Star Trek. Yeah, I said it. You Speaking of Star Trek, yay, I, Star Trek! I, I, the show is on. If we're going to talk about Star Trek, I've got an, another page of Star Wars. But go what? Ahead. Well, we we can yeah. we, we can come we'll back come to back. it because on, Star Trek Star has Wars. almost no substance, so we don't really have to spend too much time on it. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back we can't talk Wars about anyway. the anticipation of Star this Wars is for voyage. four pages. This is the voyage. This is the voyage of yeah. the Starship. So Enterprise. We will what leave is? the Millennium Falcon. We'll go there. It'll take out the Enterprise and we'll come back. Well, maybe it's meeting okay. up with the uh, with the shuttlecraft. Maybe with Maybe Firefly. Maybe have a little confab and it's going to go back. But, uh, I, you know, Star Trek was always on as a kid and I always found it kind of boring. So I didn't really, I, it was always on in the background. Right I don't think I ever watched an episode from the beginning since I was five. When yeah. I, so did I and I watched the movies, although I remember being, Star Trek 1 came out when? 1979. Oh yeah, 79. December 7th, 1979. Yeah. Star Trek. The okay, so I probably picture? watched it in eighty. So you revealed whatever. too much about yourself. I Star Trek: The Motionless yeah, Picture. I have no, yes, I have no argument to that whatsoever. <laughs> yes, it was two time. hours and twelve minutes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. the only yeah. called episode two hundred. Jerry Goldsmith did an overture. It was the weirdest movie. You sat down and for three minutes it played a musical overture with stars coming towards you yeah. before the movie started. Which was probably really great if you were high. Did they do that in the Sound of Music? I mean, that was like they a thirty. They did a lot of those movies. Yeah. Yeah, but the, not in a nineteen seventy nine. In Star Trek, the motionless picture. Ah! I'm a doctor, it, not fuck. a moon conductor. Moon shuttle conductor. Can't be a moon conductor. Damn it, Spock. I'm a doctor, not a database administrator. <laughs> what? I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. Yeah, he said that in Devil in the Dark. Yeah, which I'm going to mention in my. I don't do web design. <laughs> not anymore. Since I became a doctor. Haven't died. Told you, Spock, to keep your pants on. <laughs> Heads off my adult coloring book. That was not what I was going to say. I meant 
Don't touch my analog coloring book. I'm are halfway through. The flowers of Europe. Please, you leave guys, it alone. You guys aren't very loud over there. No. We're not loud. There you go. If you speak into the mic, you are. We're going to speak into so, the mic. So uh, Chad's daughter, Kate, has some Hello. input. Hello, Kate. Hi. Okay. So the Romulans, Star Trek. Yes. They are more like the Americans and the... Vulcans. So tell me what you think. <laughs> now, Vulcans. perhaps we should start again. It kind of seems like your daughter is scripted. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you put her up to this yeah, or something. She's being scripted. She here. and everyone else are my puppets. <laughs> You're the puppet master. That's right. You know, I'm a Doctor Jim, not you a puppet too master. As well, which makes it very uncomfortable for you to sit down afterwards. <laughs> now the. Uh... <laughs> so now, Kate, tell me, what do you think of Star Trek? What's your personal observations about, say, I don't know, Balkans and Romulans? My personal opinion is that the um, Vulcans are more like Canadians. I would agree with that. And the Romulans are more like Americans. Huh. That's you true. know, that is an amazing That's observation. Very for someone of your age. Uh, She's 32, Chad. Well, <laughs> she only not acts that 32. Oh. I would say that Canadians are pretty um, emotionless and Americans are overly emotional. So That's I right. Except Spock is sorry for nothing. Crescent. No. No. Oh, well, they're sort of. Thanks for, know, thanks for playing. Spock is a Because he's like <laughs> Thank you for playing. What's your parting gift? He says sorry when he leaves an elevator no matter how many people are waiting to get on. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> what do we uh, have for sorry, the witnesses, Johnny? Sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, Spock is definitely Vulcan. Uh, logical. Uh, they 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 rejected emotion. They have emotion, but they rejected it in favor of logic because they've embraced their British side. <laughs> uh, British people are not logical. I can tell you that. No, but they are emotionless. Uh, no, they just well well in the same way that Spock ultimately has emotion, he's just suppressed it. That's true. But he Whereas is half the, human. The Americans, as Romulans, have rejected their British sides and more pulled out the fire and brimstone side of their... I see where you're going with this. I did a poll like that on, on, on our website once, and, well, just didn't have as much action. Oh, all right. I guess Kate is it's being Chad's called bedtime. off the bed. She's calling Chad away. <laughs> so, Kate, you can sit Good night, Chad. And Chad will go to bed. Yeah, good night, Chad. <laughs> so you've already replaced me. <laughs> say good night. There's always some young kid coming up that's going to replace you. <laughs> I go, say good night, Kate, and you say good night, Kate. <laughs> and there's not any kind of awkward silence as we try well, to figure gonna this have out. To, we're gonna have to cut this out, but in the meantime, I think I'm gonna oh. leave this. I save your breath and cured your parts. And look, she wants a heck of two roof lights, uh, the sinusized frame furniture, and the uh, scarf cushions with the uh, matching shark pie cover. Yeah, right. It's a terrible parcel to the Patty Winkle Blue Bass. You're a good man at the controls, Chad. Thank you. So the uh, uh, last episode I want to talk about is shadow play. You guys heard of this one? You're not like is me. That's some strange sex thing. Is it a puppets? <laughs> Does it involve puppets? No, sort of. It sort of involves puppets when you think about it. So it's another great Charles Beaumont episode. Another good Beaumont mindfuck. Mm. It is you, Beaumont. By the way, I checked. It is. Oh, yeah. very good. That's why you're confused. As Ward. 
Ward Cleaver. Yeah. So, oh, I don't Lord. know if there's any Talk relation. Talk to the boys. Charles Beaumont. Uh, the beaver misses you. Hugh. The beaver's been masturbating. <laughs> You've been in pretty, the kitchen. Ward, you're pretty hard on the beaver last night. What is that from? Oh, oh, oh. That's from something. Oh, oh, I can't take credit for that. What is that from? I think it's from... Uh, Second City what did no, a th- brilliant takeoff. Is it? I think it's from... Uh, uh, speaking of Beverly Hills Cop, who was the guy that was the star of that? Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I, bring it. I think he. I think that's from Notorious or Delirious or one of those, one of those stand-up specials you did. You're <laughs> really hard on the beaver. <laughs> You know, now, now, that's a completely different context. (laughs) (laughs) And did Canadians invent that colloquialism? I'm not sure, but uh, funny fact, when I went to, uh, I lived in Australia for a year, and I I had my Roots t-shirt with the beaver on it. And uh, the combination of the beaver and saying Roots was apparently the rudest thing you could have in Australia. The absolute rudest thing. Is that root like sticking root, a carrot in a beaver? Is that it? Well, if you want to use a euphemism, but uh, rooting basically means fucking. And, you know, you're saying fucking a beaver and right. on your T-shirt. So why didn't you send for, for somebody to send you like a couple, couple of dogs? Because it was the 1980s before the internet. When I moved to Wales, I learned quickly that the word spunky, which always meant <laughs> having... Oh my God, that's the rudest word ever. Spunky is like energetic, right? Yeah. And it's just... Come to them. <laughs> so it's like jollies. Depending on your age, you can if you say, oh, I was just having my jollies, that could mean either sexual or, not, or just having fun. I always just remember uh, Lou Grant telling Mary Tyler Moore, you got spunk. <laughs> I hate spunk. That was in the first episode, I'm sure. And then right. Fanny was the other one that I learned quickly. Oh, yes. Because Fanny, I always thought, meant ass. Over here, it means ass. Over there, yeah. it means well, my- foo-foo. It does not mean foo-foo. It means vajayjay. Yeah. yeah. It's a foo-foo. What else? It means vagina. What, what do you call a foo-foo? It means vagina. Let's use the proper terms. Uh, vajayjay. Yeah, which is why, you know, my wife who's from the UK is absolutely appalled at something called the fanny pack. Right. Because yeah. that is just not, not right. in her. It should open completely differently. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of horizontally. Oh! My change just crossed the line. Out. You just crossed the line. Just put it in there. Just keep putting it in there. Okay, you're going to have to put this as X rated. <laughs> it's bottomless. I can take a it's lot more. Bottomless. Uh, anyway, can I please. And it goes around the, the backside. Anyway, go. So, uh, Shadow Play, Charles Beaumont. It's a coin dispenser in the back. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't get it. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. Little known fact, he fathered a child with Sandra Bullock, who uh, (laughs) aged very quickly and became uh, Steven Seagal. That's that's true fact. I saw it on Entertainment Tonight. Cool story, bro. I knew knew a girl who was a waitress at Easy in the Fifth down in the Entertainment District, and one night Steven Seagal went in was he wearing a muumuu? Uh, you know, he might have been, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I prefer to picture but him in a muumuu. They had an area cordoned off for him, but literally cordoned area. off with a, one large chair for him to sit in. He had no guests. They brought him booze, but he was like described as, as the creepiest customer yeah. ever. And in the end, he was a big tipper and all those things. But like, yes. He reminds this me of gal the needs yeah. a vodka. <laughs> He reminds me of King Tut from the Batman series. He reminds know? me of of uh, Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now. Oh, mm. that's even better. At a bar. Yeah. The horror. <laughs> the horror. 
<laughs> I used to do movies where I slicked back my hair and beat people up. Now I can't reach people over my fat. There's a lot of <laughs> stuntmen that would complain that Steven Seagal would really punch them. <laughs> With those little so that's Donald Trump hands? How, How hard you, could that How be? How pull back? Is, was it Kempo? Is that what he does? Like he, it's his style of martial arts, Kempo. Right. And he, he looks like a, right. a, hey, do, a dog hey, trying to get through hey, a screen. Hey, Mo! Hey, Mo! Wise guy. Yeah. I'm a victim of circumstance. For some reason, I always think that Steven Seagal has like Donald Trump hands, like these tiny little hands that are trying to do Because he's all slappy. Things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was no Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, he was no Jean-Claude Van Damme. No. The muscles from Brussels. Yeah, That's right. True. The shits from Splits. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> With the fanny pack to prove it. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. It's good that Jean-Claude Van Damme has come around and found humor in himself. Because at one time he was notorious for not having any humor, mm. you know, regarding himself. Yeah. Now he he's embraced it. I guess. What else is, can he? What do? else can he do? Please refer to Ten Point Review Episode One, tat, net, neck tattoo. Neck tattoo. <laughs> I don't remember that one. No. I remember the ad he did for what Volvo trucks or something, where he's doing the splits, and he's doing it between the two trucks. Wow. Mm, I saw that stayed there. with you. Yeah. Really. That was an impressive. Feet. Right. Well, he did another commercial right. not too long ago where it was like a funny one, though, where he was up in a segment doing the splits between two walls. Uh, that's his shit, right? That's his shit. That's his shit. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he ever appeared in an episode of Twilight Zone. Uh, I don't think so. Well, no. let's go through the list again. Maybe we'll see his name. <laughs> Let me see. No, please. He appeared under a different name. <laughs> yeah. Let me grab Do the that. research. Marcel Provost. No, it was like oh. John Smith Henry. <laughs> John Henry Smith. No, it was that John Smith better. Henry. That was the weird thing because he was oh. French. Everything's backwards. I see. Hey, John Smith Henry, huh? That oh. call is. I, oh. put you, I put you in the gonads. <laughs> now. And now we do the splits. There's a lot of shuffling papers here. Yeah. I'm just seeing if we've covered everything. Oh, I think we've covered everything. Oh, no. Ross, stop <laughs> doing the splits. Oh, oh ripped your pants. Ripped your oh, pants. Oh, in the 50s, that's not a good idea. We were talking about Telly Savalas. He, uh, were we? Was an episode, <laughs> really? He was in an episode of The Twilight Zone called Living Doll, where it was a little doll that would talk. His daughter had it. He was kind of an abusive prick. Hmm. And he'd yell at his daughter. And then the, the doll started saying, like, I'm going to kill you. And like was threatening him. And uh, he threw it in the garbage and it came back. I can't remember. Oh, I remember what happened. He's at the top of the stairs and he tripped over the doll and fell down the stairs and died. Oh, that's an exciting end to an episode. Yeah. (laughs) Telly Savalas. The carpet did it. Who loves you, baby? (laughs) Who loves you? The loose rug (laughs) of death. The loose rug of death. Who loves you, baby? You know, I was watching uh, again. I like old TV shows, and I was—I have the first season of Kojak. Oh yeah, first episode of Kojak uh, has the actor who played Mike on Breaking Bad. What's his name? The uh, the bad guy, the gangster. He's on mm, the Saul show. What's the Saul show? It's a Better Call, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. The guy, anyway, the guy who plays Mike. He was a cop. He was a bad guy in every cop show from the seventies sure. and eighties. Sure. He's in the first Kojak episode. Sweet. Tully single-handedly brought back the lollipop market. It was what, crashing. It was almost done. But what did he do for the Titanic? 
What? Yeah, he hosted he hosted a new discoveries from the Titanic. Never before seen. We've just pulled it out of the sea and they opened the safe and there was like black mushy things all over the table. And he had Telly Savalas walking around the table going, hey, hey, what's that? Is that money? Is that money? Is that worth anything today? How about that? Is that is that money? That's all he could care about. There was nothing found. It was a safe that they found that had mushy money. Right. Yeah, it was a That's like Geraldo Rivera and the, 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 the safe, the... Al Capone's Al Capone's vault. I was gonna say that, where there was the literally wall. nothing, not, 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 not no. even a mushing thing that Telly no, Savalas literally, could try to figuratively, drum up. and actually yeah, nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was, was absolutely bare. Yeah, if only Geraldo Rivera's career had died at the same time, we would have been spared a lot of. That's true. I was cartooning at the time, and I did one with Geraldo live at Elvis's grave with a shovel. <laughs> Dun, dun, what, dun. what will we find? Nothing, because he staged his death, of course. Of course. Uh, it would have been another empty vault. I get it now. I get it. Good thing he insured his hair. That's probably what he's living on right now. He's played Six Degrees of Elvis Presley. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he was in an episode of The Twilight Zone. I bet you. You know what? He watched them. There was a, you know, speaking of, you know, they did The Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Zone, 59 to 64. And then uh, there was a couple of revival series one in 1985 that ran for three seasons, and then there was another one uh, in 2002, I think, that only ran for a year. But I think it was in the 80s. Yeah, it was in the 80s revival where they did an episode called... What the hell was it called? It was called The Last and Future King. And it's about a guy who's an Elvis impersonator, and his you know career is kind of floundering. And then, for whatever reason, I can't like remember. all Elvis impersonators. I can't remember words. for whatever reason he ends up in uh, was that Memphis where Sun Records was? Yeah, yeah. So he ends up back in Memphis. You know, I'm sure they explain it. You know, quite legitimately, of how yeah. he ends up at back there. I can't remember that part. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But uh, he ends up. Uh, he's he's hitching a ride, and Elvis is the one who's driving the truck. And it's the like the day before he's going to go to Sun Records and record his fateful, uh, his uh, you know demo or whatever. He's like, uh, "I'm alright, baby." I think he's saying well, that's was, what he's saying for. That's right, Mama was. That's that. right, Mama. But he actually there. recorded one song for his mother that I can't remember what it was called. My my love, I think, or something like that. Sort of a ballad, a soft ballad. Some, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then he went back in, and Sam Phillips got him to record. He he did. That's, that's all right, Mama. Mama. So uh, he uh, this guy meets Elvis, and he's. I think Elvis jumps to the conclusion that it's his dead brother Jesse that has somehow. Yeah, that's right. I think has, I remember that episode. Has now, somehow come back and it's like he's like, you know, and Elvis uh, plays a song and it might be something like that where he plays a kind of a ballad and the guy's like, oh, he can't play that, you know, he he plays that's all right, mama, and they get into a fight and Elvis dies. He gets impaled right. on his I guitar. Do remember that so the Elvis impersonator impaled on a guitar. Yeah. Yeah, very but ironic. Of course. Very ironic. That only makes sense. As opposed to crucified on yeah. two of them, right? Isn't that ironic? Don't you think? It's like, what? Or whatever. No, that. So, the uh, black fly in your Chardonnay just isn't ironic. Yeah, no, it's that's, annoying. That's, yeah. Everything that's is annoying. <laughs> I think she's using the term ironic, ironically. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, Elvis gets impaled on the on this guitar. They get in a fight in it, and he gets broken, and then he gets impaled on it. You know what? Give me a break. So... Uh, the Elvis impersonator has to live Elvis's life 
and it ends with him in a hotel room in Vegas. He's like, "Oh, I could uh, I don't know if I lived the I don't know if I lived it right. I, maybe Elvis could have done it better." And then it's it's the end of the and episode. Goes to black. Well, goes now, to and black. so what was the, the Once and Future King? That's late eighties, right? Yeah, and no, uh, eighty five, mid eighties, mid eighties. Yeah. So in from eighty five to say eighty nine, that was the period of time where it was like the Elvis Elvis is alive. Sure. Right. In eighty five, in eighty eight, I think, or eighty seven, there was a book that yeah. came out called "Is Elvis Alive?" It came with a cassette tape that was a parent conversation with Elvis, saying, well, oh, "I've been doing this for the, you know, I've been here and I've been I really there. fooled them. I really fooled them all. I've been working at a Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I staged my death and I forgot my. <laughs> I could eat whatever I want. I yes, sing free Kentucky Fried Chicken. All the chicken I can eat. And all the good deal. Eat. It's a great deal. <laughs> I, left, you, I go I, home with a bucket. I go home with a bucket. I left one kernel for another. <laughs> <laughs> kind of ironic, but not in a what's it's the name ironic. way. Don't it's ironic. Not what's it, but in an actual ironic way. <laughs> uh, work. It's like black fly in my Chardonnay. Home. It's like rain on your but wedding not. day, baby. But not. She she don't get it. She's not, she's not a smart woman. But I leave home with a bucket of chicken. She's not as smart as Priscilla, I'll tell you. No. <laughs> Oh, Priscilla. Um, <laughs> the hair is thin, but I'd love to see you again, baby. Oh, Scylla, Scylla, Scylla. <laughs> so, yeah. And then uh, that re- uh, 80s revival was in the middle of a real resurgence for anthology series. Well, like, I was, was I, I Amazing was stories. and you know, Outer and, Limits. and yeah. But a lot Outer of them were on, on syndicated. So they weren't on they weren't on network TV. So they That's were right. harder to find, I think. Than, well, Outer uh, Limits, they came back twice as oh, well, right? Multiple times, I think. I don't know. They, yeah, at least the twice. last one was really not good. It no. was like it was. They were trying to be X File, right? Too much like the X Files. Right. It just wasn't wasn't working. Right. But it was like there was Tales from the Dark Side, and they did yeah. Tales from the Dark Side the movie, and then they did a TV show. And the movie yeah. had Debbie Harry was the oh, the common thread between between episodes. Wow. Uh-huh. And she was like a uh, the witch in Hansel and Gretel. Where as the as the story right. played I out, that. I she was that. like ready to cook the kids. Right, right. And of course, there was the Tales of the Crypt, which took off from Creep Show. And, <laughs> I mean, the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, the Crypt Keeper. Those anthology shows of the uh, the mid to late eighties. I mean, we just don't have anything like that. They now. were so good. Like even like I think Christian Slater was in one of the Tales from the Dark Side or Tales yeah. from the Crypt yeah. movie yeah. ones. But they were like uh, they were a brilliant way for uh, for a show to tell a story. Without being too committal, right? And yet right. they were so much more successful, strangely, than the Steel, Steven Spielberg produced and and directed uh, Amazing Stories. Yeah, that was terrible. Which lasted one year, yeah. one, two years, maybe. At the it was most. a terrible series. It was absolutely terrible. There wasn't there isn't one good one in that whole bunch. No, there was the one with the with the Casey Semenko um, um, drawing the wheels to the plane. Yeah, Kevin that's the Costner. one. That's the one I always remember because it had a, a huge amount of stars like. Uh, Everybody was in it. Yeah, Kevin Costner. Everybody in that yeah. list of yours, I think, had, had bit parts, at exactly. least. So it was about a guy, it was a World War II, and they're in a bomber, and the guy's in the belly gun, Yeah, and they're, the landing gear's shot off. Yeah. So, so they know die. when they're going to land, they're going to pancake on the runway, yeah. and they're going to kill this guy. Yeah, because he can't get out for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, it's all, yeah, it's all, all bent. The yeah. latches are bent or whatever. So he, in his desperation, he draws big cartoon wheels on the bottom yeah, of the like plane. Bugs Bunny. Yeah, Bugs Bunny yeah wheels, and then yeah. it lands on those cartoon wheels, and then they all get out, and they go... Yeah. 
Grand and yet, yeah, that's probably the Strange best Tra- episode. And is uh, just and describing remember, it as idiotic. It was idiotic. <laughs> and I remember being very hyped because obviously it was Steven Spielberg. Yeah, well, it had Kiefer Sutherland. It and had everybody was an hour stars. and a half yeah. long episode, whatever it was, yeah. and it was terrible. And there yeah. was the one with Mark Hamill as the kid that collected comics, and everybody makes fun of him for uh, keeping these things. Right. And then his, in his old age, he What's sells the payoff on that. And he and he, you know, makes makes a mint on. Really, on that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's it. The whole thing. Hey, hey! I kept all my stuff, and now I'm rich. I'm ah, in your face. In your face, <laughs> all you idiots! I saw oh, somebody amazing. somebody tweeted a picture saying, uh, "If you speaking of Star Wars, right? If you wanted to hide Luke from his father, right? Why would you?" Put him with his uncle and aunt, and leave his last name Skywalker. It makes no there's sense. a reason why. Is there? there's a reason answer for that? Because Darth Vader got hit in the head and forgot his no, last no, name. No, <laughs> in the the second one, the second prequel. What's it? What's it called? The, Attack the, of the Clones. Episode two. Atta- <laughs> Atta- episode two. Attack of the Clones. So I believe I believe it's in that episode where he goes uh, with. Uh, but those stories don't count. Anakin. Well, that's what you're talking about, isn't it? No. No, I'm talking about Luke. Luke. Yeah, well, yeah. Why would they hide him there? So the reason why they hide him there because Anakin Skywalker in the second episode he says, "I hate sand. It's coarse and it's rough and it gets everywhere." Well, that's why. That's why you hide him in Tatooine. Are you kidding me? He hates fucking. <laughs> Are you kidding? He me? hates fucking sand. That's your reason. Yeah. He says that to Natalie Portman. Yes. Nowhere near Orbi One Kenobi, who actually takes the kid to Tatooine. That's and, your reason. Yeah. He hates sand, so yeah. hide him in surrounded by sand. And only, only, uh, and Luke Skywalker's daughter too, apparently. Yeah, no, she doesn't go to. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, right. So one of them gets hidden in plain sight in the uh, house of Alderaan. The other goes to Tatooine, the planet he fucking grows up on, <laughs> his homeworld with yeah. his family. With his family, yeah. In fact, the uh, the guy who married his mom after she was released from it's slavery. It's proof Lucas he, is talking out of his ass. Oh, he's he didn't completely have it talking out. out of his ass. But we won't go there right now. Right. This is the longest episode of all time. Right. Well, this is two episodes. Is it? Now we're on the, the Star Wars episode. Can we keep Wars going? <laughs> Let's keep going. Yeah, well, I'm... You have another page there to go through. <laughs> well, that's just too bad. We won't be able to get to that page of solid gold material because that's it for this Detours episode. If you'd like to let us know what you think of Steven Seagal, Star Wars, or anything else, you can shoot an email to nerds at nerdstocking.com. Our Twitter is at nerdstockingpod, and you can search for Nerdstocking on Facebook if you'd like to reach us there. Our website is nerdstocking.com. This is Bill saying good night. I have something in my pocket right now that will completely clear up that bruise on your forehead. What bruise? Ah!